Part 1. Those Left Behind Chapter 1. 172nd Year of the People's Age. Dungeons of the Imperial Palace in Izet, Roden. A woman sleeps. A woman sleeps, and she dreams. Her dreams twist together, littered with holes. And even as she dreams, the woman wonders who she is. The woman is a woman, she supposes. She's Tielen, too, and this seems important. But the woman has difficulty defining herself in this moment. If the woman is Tielen, she is also a daughter. A daughter who loves to hunt and fish, who loves to be among the trees and out on the water. If the woman is Tielen and a daughter, then she is a wife as well. The woman's husband must be dead. The woman loved her husband, but when she thinks of his face, the image is blurred. If the woman is Tielen, a daughter, a huntress, a fisherwoman, a wife, if she is all these things, then she is at least one thing more. The woman is a weapon. But her mind shies away from this thought. The woman knows she must not think of this. The woman knows that this only brings her pain and sorrow and sadness. So, instead, the woman lets her mind wander. Her mind expands, and she begins to soar through the thoughts of those around her. That guard, walking past her door, for instance. The woman's mind watches him, follows him, sees what he sees and knows what he knows, until she becomes him. Outside, the sky is gray and the air is cold and inside the air is not much warmer. Henry Cron walks briskly through the dungeons, making one final round before he returns home to his wife. Henry shivers as he passes one of the cells, though Henry can't tell whether the shiver comes from the cold or the girl in the cell. The damn Tielen girl. The girl who seems to have turned an entire empire on its head. Rumors say the girl is an assassin from Kale, that she was sent to kill the emperor. And now, the emperor lies dead. Whether the tiny girl in the cell, just a Tielen for Kanta's sake, could have killed the most powerful man in Roden, though, does not seem likely. Almost makes him want to ask questions. But Henry was never one for asking questions. Henry never much cared for the emperor. Henry Kron will live and die a jailer, and the emperor will never be the wiser. Henry is dully surprised by the emptiness he feels inside himself when he thinks of his emperor, dead, and the Tokal Sino, too. He remembers what he overheard in Wazel's bar the other night, that a man like the emperor leaves an emptiness when he passes, a great space that demands to be filled. Such philosophical thoughts flee his mind as he exits the dreary stone dungeon and walks to his home. The air is not much warmer inside than it is out. His wife, Lysala, is in the kitchen, and so is Chitin Gliss. Henry frowns. Bloody Chitin Gliss. Gliss is one of the cooks for House Amok, and having connections to such a house, especially in times like these, is important. But Henry Cron can't help but wonder why the man spends so much time with his wife. Henry is of half a mind to get to the bottom of the situation, but no... Not this time, he tells himself, 
This time he's just going to eat his dinner, kick up his feet, and smoke a pipe. After all, Henry Cron never asks questions. I'd best be going, Kitan finally says. Lysala smiles. Thank you for stopping by, she says. We always appreciate your company. With a thud, Henry's booted feet kick up onto the tiny table in front of his chair, and he fishes in his coat pocket for his pipe and weed. Kitan Gliss walks out into the dreary evening, already feeling the sadness of leaving Lysala. Kitan pities the poor fool Henry, of course, but Henry is not a bad man. He is not a good man either, but then again neither is Kitan. Henry simply married the wrong woman, and with any luck, Kitan's plan to change that will finish marinating very soon. It begins to rain, and Kitan curses. Winter snows are one thing.